0: I have a question for you two. Okay. Have you seen Chicken Run? No. The, m- the movie. The movie. No. No. no.
1: Is that the? Um, I the have the
2: seen Chicken Run. Chi- th- the the
0: animals. I've yes. <laughs> seen them
1: down this running down this street? Mm-hmm. No. the street. No, they are kind <laughs> of fast actually. The like the Wallace
0: and Gromit people. Chicken yes, Run that chicken. movie mm-hmm. like the O six. Yes. Chickens running. Um, I have learned that I love this movie and people sometimes think that that's how how did disturbing. you learn that
1: you loved this movie
0: well there's a there's a sequel coming out and i shared it with one of my chicken coworkers run too. And children <laughs> and i was like i'm very excited about this and they um were they were like you like chicken run and i said yes i do i do like chicken run um a lot and they said that it's a scary movie oh and they were like i'm learning a lot about you um one that sometimes it's claymation and i love claymation right um just the very tactile art style of it, but some people, uh, another person in the department was like, claymation gives me the ick, don't like. So,
2: I have some important news to share related to this uh, sequel.
0: Yes. Oh God.
2: <laughs> I think I would have, I think I would have been interested in watching the sequel simply because of its title, uh-huh. Chicken Run: mm-hmm. Dawn of the Nugget.
0: <laughs> it's. I mean, Stop. come on, <laughs> come on. Well,
1: I'm interested. What's not to love? I'm I'm really curious what it is that like about claymation could give you the ick. Like as a kid, one of my favorite I was very like into art as a kid. Mm-hmm. Art and craft and that kind of thing. Paint, crayon, all of that. One of my favorite media was clay. I loved playing with clay. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's something that you grow up with as a kid, like you eat your Play-Doh and whatever. But <laughs> but I I, like I've always had I guess such a fond relationship with clay and such a happy relationship Mm -hmm. with clay that I don't think of it as being icky in any way I don't know I can't wrap my head around it I think there's also just like such extraordinary technique involved in claymation right like it's incredible
2: absolutely and I have very fond memories of watching the um like the Ray Harryhausen, uh, claymation, you know, mythology movies like Mm. clash of the Titans. Yeah. Um, and like the adventures of Hercules and other things like that, the voyage of Sinbad, the sailor, like all of those, um, all of those movies where there was just this, um, really intense attention to, to detail, um, at, at, you know, creating these various effects and, Making the claymation skeletons and all this other stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, I never found it. I don't know. I never really found it scary, so much as I think for me, um, you know, seeing those types of seeing those types of stories or those types of special effects always gave me the idea of you know, well what if, like, what if your toys or what if like some everyday thing just came to life. Mm-hmm right um you know and uh and i guess that i mean i can obviously see where that becomes a a scary thing yes right I
0: think, I think chicken run is more scary because it's like this is a movie for children it's rated g and the chickens have to escape or they get axed right <laughs> like that's well i
1: mean there are a lot of 12 year olds out there being told they have to read animal farm that's so true. there's that too um,
0: no i think um Every day working in close proximity to coworkers, you just learn new things about each other. And mine is that my sense of humor was heavily influenced by watching Chicken Run as a 5-year-old. Have
1: you ever seen um the m- the movie Missing Link? No. The Luca movie? My mm. god. Okay, well you need to see that. Right, well, it's adding
0: it to the, the Especially
1: considering reference. what what we're about <laughs> to talk about here, yes. um I mean, it's not scary in any way, shape, or form, but it is it's about um <laughs> what scientists consider the missing link is found essentially. And it's this giant orange no, thing.
0: I've seen I've seen the trailer. Yes. It is a lovely film.
1: And it's made by Leica, which is another studio that uh-huh. does claymation and a lot of practical effects mm-hmm. works and what I always love about watching claymation Wallace and Gromit was like a thing for me as a child. I absolutely loved it. I went back and watched all three of the original shorts a couple months ago mm-hmm. with my partner and it was his first time watching so it.
0: Charming, And
1: yeah, there was just, there's a real experience involved in getting to see someone else watch that for the first time. And then getting to be reminded of like grand day out and the moon being made out of cheese mm-hmm. and that kind of right. stuff. Um, There's just a real charm to it. Yeah, they're precious. And I watch them with my family a lot. I watch them with my cousins all the time. And so there's just like a lot of goodness there. But with claymation too, what's so cool about it is it's such an accessible form of art. Like you can make your own claymation videos at home. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do that kind of thing. You can play with clay in a way that you really can't necessarily do with a lot of other stuff you can take it into two dimension three dimension film tv like it can go so many different places and I think that's why I just like love it so much and it comes in so many colors yeah (laughs) well I think
2: another I think another appeal for me and this is um, this is a a point that uh, hopefully will you know do my characteristic thing of launching us uh, uh, out into the the stratosphere a little bit but hopefully i can keep it it relatively grounded um is uh you know i think i i think one of the things that is so fascinating and endlessly appealing about uh claymation type productions is that um that sense that they give you of a fully realized little world
1: Mm -hmm. yeah right oh my god yeah
2: um that everything is contained there and And we are maybe only seeing like a keyhole view of that world, but the sense is that it goes on forever and there is a wider expanse to this as well. Right. It's like, there's an aspect of that in playing with Lego kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. Um, And there's an aspect of that in certain types of video games and other things like that, or, or we might say there's an aspect of that in certain kinds of speculative fiction where you're sort of dropped in and you realize oh there are rules there are laws about how all this sort right. of stuff operates, right. but um, but when that's handled on that on that visual level it's um, it's so much more it's so much more striking because what it makes you do as a as a viewer is all of a sudden totally recalibrate what counts as a certain kind of reality experience for you, right? It's like you take all of this for real because Mm -hmm. it is being presented to you as such. And, um, and you want to see like just how much of this map or just how much of this, fully realize the little world we kind of are now dwelling in and being introduced to in some
1: way and i think in part it's because it is such a practical art form like it's not sure it's not vfx it's not cgi it's something that you could actually reach out and touch it's sitting and on a table yeah the tangibility of clay sure. makes it feel so much more realistic even though we are looking at a clay dog and a clay old man (laughs) one of them is trapped in a pair of animatronic trousers like sure you're looking at that but there is something very there's a physical reality to that that you don't get with a lot of other animation that is really special
2: yeah absolutely i mean and it gives you the i don't know there's a there's a way in which my appreciation of um of you know stop motion animation uh, either uh, the of the sort of Harryhausen style or the Leica style, it also plays into and feels like it has a similar crossover appeal to, you know, the Miyazaki films that themselves feel like little worlds mm-hmm. um, each yeah. time you watch one. Uh, and even the, um, you know, the films of... Uh, you know, Powell and Pressburger, like, uh, you know, films like The Red Shoes or something like that, where, where they're made to have all of these really elaborately designed sets that, you know, this is where this was filmed, not on location, but in this space that is this imaginary other realm of cinema, you know, and dreams like mixing all Mm -hmm. together. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's like, that's like one of the things I want movies to do you know the
1: magic
0: of cinema oh Oh, we
2: did it oh
1: my gosh (laughs) we did it y'all. we come
0: here to feel oh my gosh thank you nicole kidman we do so fair listener um Mm -hmm. all we'll talk about patricia wants to cuddle and lots of books but might i recommend oh chicken run (laughs) chicken run May we make an argument for Chicken Run here?
2: Yeah, let's make the case and perhaps also for Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget. I mean, once it's out.
1: Come to theaters. Why do we wait until it's actually been watched by one of us? Okay, sounds good. Like, yeah. Okay, this sounds is good. Legit. Chicken Run. Chicken Run, y'all. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Book Lovers Podcast from Spartanburg County Public Libraries, where we're all adjusting our tinfoil hats appropriately to match with the various uh, laser beams that are being uh, aimed at us from interdimensional Big Feet. I'm Joseph Henderson, the media specialist.
0: I'm Ria Gajeski, the children's assistant. And I'm Jess
1: Herzog, the director of adult services. Have you ever wanted a book that was a combination of Reddit, The Bachelor, and Expedition Bigfoot? If that's the case, we have the book for you. And Patricia wants to cuddle. Patricia really just wants to cuddle. But that's hard when you're a gay lady Bigfoot. And that means Patricia has to put forth a little more effort. Lucky for her, the four final contestants on TV's The Catch are hoping to receive their roses on Patricia's home island of Otter's Island, which is an ideal way for Patricia to get what she wants. In this episode, we're discussing Bigfoot as a cultural phenomenon, conspiracy theories, of course, because of the tinfoil hat thing, and the greatest film of all time, Chicken Run. That's right. Let's get started.
0: Several months back when we were brainstorming different books to talk about on the pod, you brought up Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Allen. What brought it to mind? What did you like about it enough to think that we should talk about it? So I I actually, <laughs>
1: I read it while I was on vacation mm-hmm. and I like to do this thing when if I go to a beach for vacation, I'm like a one book a day person. Apparently it's becoming like a thing. Where there's like these book retreats, quote unquote, where you go no. somewhere fancy and just oh, read like thing and you I'm pay like for now? Yeah. And Uh-oh. I'm like, I've been doing that for <laughs> ages. My best friend <laughs> sent me a link and I was like, We were doing that way before yeah. it was cool. People should be yeah. paying us um, for the smart idea.
2: You could readers advise people on their book retreats.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Beach Library, here I come. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I if I'm going on that kind of trip, I will take a stack of books Mm -hmm. with me. My goal is to read one a day at the beach and Patricia wants to color was one of those. And I just thought it was really unique Mm -hmm. because I've seen plenty of stories about like the behind the scenes aspect of TV shows like the bachelor, which this definitely is. And I've seen, or at least heard about plenty of horror Mm -hmm. taking place in rural areas, but I'd never really seen them combined in that way before. And for me that was a really enjoyable thing. I also thought it was really, really smart and it's examination of the inner workings of the people who are on a show like that, mm-hmm. why they go on that show, what it is that their motivations are. Like we talk about the motivations, yes. quote unquote. Everyone's
0: like, Well, why are you here for the right, right. reasons? <laughs> is the right
1: reasons why I'm <laughs> not here to make friends, all that kind yes. of stuff. I'm but here really to find
0: love. But it's like I'm also here to like promote a business or right. like get famous and make
1: money yeah but there's also all the people who work Mm -hmm. on the show and what it is that is really their motivation for being there what they get out of it Um, and I thought it was a very interesting setting as well Mm -hmm. being on this island and having that kind of entrapment Mm -hmm. for the characters which is one of the best things I think about any horror that I've read is when they're really they are trapped because there is always the argument mm-hmm. can't you just leave yes, you know <laughs> you could know, leave you, could leave. Leave. <laughs> always tightens you the stakes. could leave right but they really yes. can't in this case they are stuck on that mm-hmm. island um, and I don't know it just it felt very fun to me mm-hmm. it was very fresh I thought it was a really smart angle to take on this kind of satiric critical aspect of reality TV and mm-hmm. what that looks like um, and it was also probably one of the first ones that I had read. There are a lot of books about reality TV right now, a lot of fiction coming out, but this was, th- I think, the first one I read that came at it from a queer perspective, mm-hmm. which I really liked as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's an unexpected twist at the end. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you never see Gay Lady Bigfoot coming. No, you don't.
1: Not until the <laughs> very end. But
2: when she's there, she's there. She is.
1: She Patricia has arrived. Yes. Yeah. And she <laughs> is letting you know that she is there. Ria, what did you think about the book? I loved
0: it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, love that it was, you it loved was very, it. I loved the snappy pacing of it. I think it was a really fun interweaving of, like, we have our final four contestants on the show, so we get to see each one of their perspectives, um, again, learn their motivations, their backstories and different things, and they each have a very strong voice, I feel like, um, in the book. Um, and then also I really enjoyed how it, the structure of the book kind of paralleled with their um, online chat group for this reality dating show called the catch in this. So it's like, so there were so many puns. There were so many silly usernames that were takes and just plays on words with regarding the show. Catch her in the (laughs) eye, catch these hands. (laughs) It was so many silly usernames. It was just one of those, like, again, it was a fun mix of like, very like not irreverent, because I don't think it's like crass or anyway, but it's just like lighthearted silly, but then also with this hanging doom over everything of like people are going missing on this island, there's a history of like people going missing, why are they going missing, and now we're dropping our final four contestants on this island, and you know right. there's just so it was it was fast paced fun, um and again, it was unlike anything I'd ever read before so. So I gin- liked it.
2: So, like, from a genre perspective, would the two of you say that it falls in the sort of horror comedy space? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it
0: gets really g- gross towards the end. Um, There's, you know... There's very <laughs> graphic <laughs> violence. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, like... <laughs> there's blood. Uh-huh. There's
1: disembowelment. Uh-huh. The the, the uh, girls who aren't there for the right reasons get what's coming from mm. them, Bloods. basically. Yes. But... um. I don't feel like it's ever gratuitous mm-hmm. in the way yeah. that sometimes you see with horror where it's just like so beyond I think of um, anytime I think of that kind of gratuitous violence, I think of Django Unchained mm. and the scene in the house at the end where um, Christoph Walt's character sh- like shoots a guy from the second floor and like the bullet enters straight, but the guy flies off to the right And it just becomes so absurd at that Mm -hmm. point that you're breaking the laws of physics and then it almost takes you out of what's happening. Mm. And it never feels that way in this book. It feels like these are Mm -hmm. things that are happening to a greater end, although they are very gory and graphic Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But I would, I think that, you know, people who like Grady Hendrix, who we've discussed on here before, but are looking for a little bit more of that like, pop culture or wink wink nudge nudge Mm -hmm. tilt especially toward women's perspectives Mm. would like this quite a bit Mm -hmm. I think Um, especially for those of us who have ever spent any amount of time online reading something like reddit with Mm -hmm. the snark sites and that kind of pop culture um or even just recapping
0: on like fan pages oh of my god any show comments or on any movie vulture or, articles yeah, it's just and <laughs> everything
1: like that people have these opinions and they're absolutely wild and so it's fun and difficult at the same time as someone who has posted someone who has moderated that kind mm-hmm. of commentary before
2: veteran poster and mod
1: yes yeah that's me your service thank you for honoring my service (laughs) 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 um but as someone who has seen that firsthand up close and personal um the arc that the commenters take throughout this Mm -hmm. book is very realistic like extraordinarily realistic especially at the end when they're like oh my god thoughts and prayers Mm -hmm. i can't believe what's happening when they have been mercilessly making fun of these people beforehand and really tearing them Mm -hmm. to shreds um that's extremely realistic for what we see on a lot of snark sites on the internet
0: that's for sure Um. so yeah if you enjoy like reality tv in any way just do this is the book for you honestly like just (laughs) here you go slides it across um that being said if you don't like reality TV, it might not be the book for you. And that's totally fine. Joseph. Joseph it's okay. J- w- 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 what did you think? Of <laughs> I was wondering. I was <laughs> waiting for the shoe <laughs> to drop. Because all opinions are valid. Hi. Welcome. Hi.
2: I was waiting for the shoe to drop, uh, and there it is. It's a bigfoot size shoe. <laughs> um, size, <laughs> size Patricia size, s- size so big. Size twenty six. Queen
1: size twenty six shoe yeah. for Patricia. Yeah, just the a doom. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do you think she wears Jordans? <laughs> Do you think uh, Patricia Bigfoot would? She'd be so stylish.
2: Maybe she wears Tim's.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Tim's are like L.L. Bean hiking boots because yeah, she's out in the yeah, woods. Yeah, Burks, yeah, yeah. She needs support. Ooh, Burks. yeah. Burks could be, but I feel like like the hiking part, that's true. maybe she has a couple pairs, one for the hiking and one for the She flat. does like mountain climbing too. Special, yeah.
2: special order Chacos, hiking sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Breathable. <She is. laughs> Breathable. Yeah, waterproof. she does have a lot of hair, so yeah. she'd want her feet to breathe. And they'll dry yeah. quick. That's nice. Great, yeah. Um... I'm just avoiding the question it's okay uh, to not like the very book. carefully. So all just to say that this just simply was not the book for me at this time. It uh, would be the best way for me to describe it. Um, and I think that in some ways, the some of the very topics aside from gay lady, Bigfoot, um, some of the topics and framework of the book are just things that I just generally try to get as far away from in my life as I possibly can comment sections. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, um, I try to avoid them, but my God, I, I know they come for me they sometimes. I, know. <laughs> I,
2: I try to stay very far away from that. I often just find myself sometimes even living in, in weird ways, contorting my life in weird ways as if the Internet didn't exist or aspects of it didn't exist, even though I know, of course, it does and whatever. Um, uh, I'm not saying this is a good strategy. I'm just saying this is what I do. And that's the way okay. you live. Um, and, uh, and then. Don't rea- say
0: that's okay for all of it. <laughs> yes. uh, you don't <laughs> have to affirm That all is of unfortunate it. because is I loved just, it and I would I, love you to love this I book, know. I but know. Uh,
2: and reality TV is the other thing. That has just uh, right. never been something mm-hmm. that I um, have really been able to abide. Um, I will say that uh, related to uh the the sort of behind the scenes narratives about reality tv i did find myself genuinely enjoying the show unreal yeah the Mm -hmm. lifetime
1: Lifetime, show
2: um that uh i think marty noxon formerly of uh the better parts of Buffy the Vampire Slayer if fame. If I'm remembering
1: <laughs> correctly, Constance Zimmer is the star? Yeah, yeah. Constance Zimmer yeah, is I the mean, star. I mean, she's fantastic.
2: And it was a really interesting, it was very interestingly like put together and it went past a lot of the cliches of it's all a manufactured narrative and this, that, or the other thing. But I think, you know, I do, I do appreciate the fact that the way that this book is constructed is meant to... To appeal to to readers and watchers that are kind of in this more contemporary context of all of the fan culture around and sort of snarky culture around um, you know reality TV as well as the actual production of the thing itself mm-hmm. um, that it that it kind of gives you that full that full picture and that is really what forms the story yeah.
1: right. And I think, too, there's a difference between like the snark and just straight up making fun of these people and what they're doing and really being critical about and analytical about what it is that's happening and what's unfolding on the screen, why we are watching it as human beings, not doing the rose colored glasses thing. And really asking ourselves what is it about this kind of human behavior that makes us want to watch or love to hate to watch whatever it may be and I think this book does a really good job of kind of digging into um, each character's inner life Mm -hmm. especially Renee who is um, slated to become in the catch universe the first black finalist Mm -hmm. of the show and she's basically a lock for that mm-hmm. simply to make the whole thing happen. Um and so that she pe- she can become like the the icon of becoming a black person to make it to the final two. And um she is deeply ambivalent about being there. Mm-hmm. Kind of
0: like nominated by her coworkers right. only here <laughs>
1: Nominated by her colleagues clearly here for what people would consider the wrong reasons <laughs> um, but at the same time what really is the reason for this but we uh, we see how she feels about the content like the the guy that she's supposedly competing for mm. he's a sleaze bag with no money mm. um he's kind of gross and slimy and the other contestants that are around her have questionable behavior and motives and actions as well but we see from their perspectives lila may and her religious upbringing and the way that this is this is going to be her way mm-hmm. to bring religion to the masses and to save so many people because she getting and getting that platform so right she she is going to really elevate herself and her future husband yes. and save so many people and then amanda is there in hopes of like of falling in love for sure but also being able to make enough money to survive Mm. in LA Mm. and then Vanessa even though she's like god awful mean is really the only person who seems to actually be invested in the catch Mm -hmm. himself as a human being like actually hoping for love actually hoping for a relationship with him and so we actually we get to see all of these different reasons unfold that you don't really see when you're watching the show those internal Perspectives and angles, and that's—I mean—that's just something that a book can give you that TV mm-hmm. can't, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's done in a really smart way because the voice changes, yeah,
0: from character to character. I love that I now have read this book because there's sometimes when—I mean, obviously, I work with children, so I wouldn't recommend this book to children. But that's good to hear. When, like, I'm talking to <laughs> <laughs> when I'm talking to friends, or just whenever someone like hears that I work at the library, and they're always like, "Oh, what should I be reading?" or different things, or and I always ask like, "Well, what?" What do you like? What are you interested in? What do you want to know more about? And like sometimes people feel bad or feel guilty because they don't know what types of books they like. So it's like, well, like, what do you watch? What are you interested in? It's like, well, I like, you know, I like reality TV. I like Love Island. I like the ultimatum or whatever they're into. And it's like, well, like, you know, there are books that can give you a like a really great window into that world. So it's like kind of a lateral move that I love. So it's like, I'm glad I've read this book now. This is great. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a good read, read-alike Read for for sort of what what people might be mm-hmm. watching. You can tell, of course, as I'm even talking about this, how uh, how far afield of w- the world that I know I clearly am um, <laughs> in uh, all the hesitations and everything that I'm saying. But uh, I'm doing my best, everybody. Well, And
1: I best. will you're say, Rhea, yeah, you're fairly new to the podcast. Yes. You and I have been doing this for...
0: A, that a long was a time big pause.
2: I mean, I've been here. For five I'm, years. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do
1: the start. math. Yeah, the pod started in 2020 during COVID. 50 plus episodes. Uh, yeah, we've been doing this for a while, and I will say it's a really rare situation. When you are outside of your comfort zone with this, we don't, we don't encounter that a lot. I have been forced outside of my comfort zone a number of times um, with different episodes, but it's really not something that we see with you because you do read really broadly and widely. And so it's interesting to see because there are probably people who no readers are readers think they could never be put in that place where they're outside their comfort zone because they read so vastly widely yeah um but all of us have I'm here to tell you yeah you well <laughs> all of us have those limitations all of us have yeah. the lines where we're just like i just can't yeah. do it it's like that's not
0: for me yeah. it's like okay let's pivot right.
1: and i think you know <laughs> the three of us are there are going to be times where we find a book and all three of us are not going to like it even though we've picked it mm-hmm. and that's a conversation that needs to be had because we do all read a different book sure and the book that Joseph read was not for him.
2: Yeah. yeah. He's not in that moment, right. you know. Um,
1: yeah, it could be good for you in a couple of years. Patricia's always going to be there one. could be yeah
2: again, could be also good in a di- very different life context. like right. you were saying that's a that was a beach book. Yes, or a vacation it book it for definitely you. It was, it's a very a great, vacation book.
1: It's a great pool read or a beach read yeah. or just like by the lake, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, because it is. it does have that kind of juicy factor to it. Sure. Um, and that certainly changes things. I would not recommend reading it if you're on an island in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Like a remote island because mm. that's where the book takes place. So I wouldn't.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so maybe don't do that.
2: Okay take it under advisement maybe
1: do i don't yeah. know i don't know i don't know you <laughs> one of my favorite parts for with prepping for this episode was when i walked into the workroom and joseph was just watching a video of bigfoot mm-hmm. and i was just like dude what are you doing well, <laughs> Why is, what's happening here and i i mean i knew it was related to patricia wants to cuddle but not exactly how because was it was like that, film. Uh, that OG Sasquatch film that mm-hmm. is supposedly like real Bigfoot mm-hmm. from like 1974 yeah, or something uh, like on. that. Pull out the book. Let's make sure that we've got it right. I don't want to d- miscredit the Bigfoot video. That's right. Squatch vid.
0: They w- the, the Sasquatch
1: fans will come. The important the question too is like in the video, was that Patricia? Was that gay lady Bigfoot? We don't know. I don't know. Could have been. Everyone assumes Bigfoot's a dude. Patriarchy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 this isn't
2: going the way I was hoping it
0: would. Um, to the listener, Joseph uh, has a wonderful it's non-fiction covered. book with many post-its. Absolutely none of post-its covered are post-its. Where he needs to post-its. we the away from all the film. post-its. It's
2: all my own little notes specifically to myself.
0: I love that while you didn't love Patricia wants to cuddle, you on your own were already reading still deep bigfoot into, cryptid yeah, deep nonfiction. Big oh no, I checked so this researched. out and immediately read it. Yeah, yeah, I just
2: it was on my you know it was on the TBR.
0: You're still a team player.
2: I, I do my best.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs>
2: Now that the pressure's on, this is t- this is.
0: Well, we, so we don't have to have the the date of I the captured film. I could have I could have But what else? You Did you love about this book, or appreciate?
2: Oh, uh, Patterson Gimlin film. That's <laughs> okay, what we, we were looking it. for. we
1: found it. The Patterson Gimlin film. Hmm. I will link it on our podcast website. That is the
2: name of the very famous film that, if you've ever seen footage of the Bigfoot. That That's what it dates back to. It's from 1967, so you were wow. close. 1967, 67, okay. Yeah. Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin um, claimed to have cast a female Bigfoot oh. prince Ayo. during oh. an expedition near Bluff Creek in Northern California.
1: How did they know it was it's a lady Patricia. Bigfoot? That
2: was their story. It's
1: Patricia. Were her nails painted? She's on the West Coast. All I know is that was their, that was I their mean, story. I mean, on the book cover, Patricia has her nails painted. Yeah. That's what matters. Uh huh. Okay.
2: So I was um, so you were feverishly com- yeah, flipping. Yeah you were in a different area. Yeah I was feverishly flipping for uh, the reference uh, in a relatively recent nonfiction book by Colin Dickey called The Unidentified Mythical Monsters Alien Encounters and Our Obsession with the Unexplained. Um, and he does have a, a sort of extensive section on Bigfoot and cryptids and uh, you know the 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 cultural drive to imagine and dream of these creatures and then also to document them and try to uh, search them out in the world
0: i do love that humans are like what if there was a giant hairy thing living in the woods right what if there is did i mess this up is there one well what does the
1: book say Mm. I know that you're a bit of a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, Goober. A little bit in a bit. certain way. In a certain way. It's fun Not in every way. It's I fun mean to dabble. I am I personally am of the opinion that everyone has a conspiracy theory they believe in. Mm. It might be dumb, it might be ridiculous, it might be huge, it might be like a really serious one. Anywhere. But everyone's got one. Yeah. So it is
2: fun as an icebreaker to ask people that you've just met. Uh, if, if you're uh, comfortable enough with them to ask them what low stakes conspiracy theory they actually believe. Wait, but what's yours? Um, Rhea, uh, oh, I I'm oh, so nervous I right oh, now. My mind know. is blank. Sorry. <laughs> um, Captain Crunch cereal is designed in a certain way to cut the roof of your mouth so that the sugar uh, gets into your bloodstream faster.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, similarly to the way that um, chewing tobacco has little shards of like fiberglass in it so that it breaks your mouth. Like it breaks your skin Amazing to get the nicotine in. Captain Crunch cereal is designed much the same way.
0: I'm just flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to need to do research. Maybe like the cold open for next episode can be like what's low, your low, low What's stakes? your low stakes? <laughs> Y'all come back. We're gonna, I need to research it too because sorry. I. Because like you had that out of pocket very fast. Like let me tell you about the Captain Crunch. Oh, I had <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go.
1: I'm writing it down. Low oh stakes. Okay.
0: Low yeah. stakes I have conspiracy homework. theory. fine. Okay.
2: Low mm-hmm. stakes. Okay. Well, yes. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> high stakes, though, is Bigfoot.
1: <laughs> high stakes is Bigfoot. Bigfoot's Bigfoot. important. Bigfoot actually is high stakes because if it's real, it can yeah. also kill you. Yeah. You know. So And, like, Patricia's
0: nine foot tall. Captain she Crunch big. isn't
1: going to kill you, but Bigfoot I mean, might. in a way...
2: It Uh, will, but but indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just the sugar. Yeah. But the, okay. So hmm. the book does not say that a Squatch is real, that a Sasquatch or a Rieti is real. Uh But uh, partially because that's less the point of the book, uh, where Colin Dickey's perspective um, and interest in this. Cultural phenomenon uh, is is more from an observational um, sort of somewhat sociological, somewhat anthropological um, approach to to the phenomenon. To say, putting aside the fact, bracketing the reality of whether or not this exists, what does it say about us that? we've had different versions of Bigfoot-like figures mm-hmm. in various cultures um, across across time and it's across cultures. kind of like
1: cultures. how the, the, um, the Great Flood is something that appears in virtually every culture sure. in history. Um, and so there comes a point where it's like, well, if this has been repeated so many times what's the likelihood yeah. more that it's not real? So than it's a that little it did happen?
2: Potentially. So uh so and it's also more of a like comparative cryptozoology basically is the is one of the moves that um that he is making. And so for him, you know, one way of thinking about this is to say well, the cryptid or the idea of the monstrous um is something that is always going to exist kind of on the borders of the scientific and the describable and the discoverable and the yet to be discovered, um, and the yet to be described or defined. Uh, he has a story, um, (laughs) kind of a melancholy story, uh, towards the end of the, um, of the book where he shares an anecdote by, uh, uh, a primate uh, zoologist who was actually at a a Bigfoot convention to give a presentation about a new species, a newly discovered species of orangutan, to say you know, okay, well we talk about Bigfoot in the context of missing links and other things like this, and it's to say, well, look, there are like this whole world of primates we still just barely understand um and so you know so but what's sort of melancholy about that is the fact that it's like uh, he can't really seem to get uh the kind of audience that he really deserves for this work and seems to be treated more like a skeptic because it's so Um,
0: easy to be like oh bigfoot yeah right
2: um but uh but but yeah the other um I don't know. There's a number of different ways that he that he does explore this. And I think that kind of reading some of the dimensions of Colin Dickey's commentary on uh, Bigfoot as a cultural figure and mythology alongside Patricia wants to cuddle is is particularly interesting because he's. One of the one of the comments that he makes is about um, sort of the emergence of uh, of a like Yeti or Sasquatch myth in the post World War II American context in some ways as a um, as a kind of cultural imaginary product uh, that is a response to changing ideas about what masculinity was yeah. right um, because. One of the things that he's constantly tying this myth or this sort of figure into um, is the idea of the wild man. You know, the figure that is kind of always on the outside of um, sort of civilized society. Right Now there's lots of um, there's certainly lots of like colonialist and racialist um, dimensions to that idea, the civilized versus the savage and other things like that. And he plays with some of that in the book. Uh As well, but I thought that that was like that was kind of an interesting thing to think about. Well, we have that cultural product of the the you know grainy film that we all know, and the image that's been reproduced on the Weekly World News and all that sort of stuff. And then we also have Patricia as our our female you know fictional female Sasquatch. Um,
1: And I think there's something very interesting about bringing up the fact that there's like this film and there. It's really the Patterson Gimlin film is uh as we know it now to be called is probably one of the more famous like shot footage things that exist out there up there with like the Zapruder film. Absolutely. Like it's That's
2: what he compares it to. Cultural in phenomenon
1: in a way. Mm-hmm. And then Patricia Wants to Cuddle takes this one big cultural phenomenon and merges it with another, which yeah. is The Bachelor. Right. And says what does it look like when these two like, seemingly completely disparate things that we know exist in some way but there's a lot of questions around how they really function and what their true reality is what does it look like to merge those together and how do they operate as a pair and then on top of that you've got all the characters and their relationship with glamsta which is like instagram right which is another cultural phenomenon yeah and then how did layering all of those things together that we either believe exist or know exist in some fashion but can't really explain or define really well. Yeah. What does it look like when you cram them all together in one place?
2: And, and the fact that all of these, um, all of these narratives and sort of media, I don't know, like media creations and almost like media platforms as well are engaged with the, like the fuzzy line between the real and the fake. Right. Right. Um, like this is the, and like, as you say, it all comes down in some ways to um, questions of belief. Um, like, that's the in it that's another one of the big threads that runs through uh, the unidentified. Um, in fact, that's kind of one of the angles that he takes um, as he's setting up the book to say, in some ways, um, you know, uh, the desire for, you know, searching out the once, like, the hidden inhabitants of the lost continent of Lemuria or uh, searching for, you know, cryptids in various uh, far-flung corners of the world or speculating about, you know, alien encounters and, uh, uh, you know, unidentified aerial phenomena and all of this sort of stuff. He's threading all of that together to say... um, one way we can understand this is as a kind of shared cultural production of uh, of a disenCHANTed world, which is to say, you know, a world where religion becomes a question of mere choice, not as the like radiant background of like everyday life. Okay, so looping back to the idea of of adjusting our our. Various sure. uh yeah. culturally appropriate tinfoil hat coverings, mm-hmm. tinfoil head coverings. Um Are either of you familiar with the theory that Bigfoot is actually an interdimensional being?
0: <laughs> Pro, you know, Joseph, what? I can't say I was, but I would love to hear more about it. <laughs> is there strong evidence? S- oh, absolutely suggest. not. There oh, never perfect. is. Okay,
2: well, that's true. Yeah, there never is. That's
1: the best part of these things is that there's never any evidence yeah. for it.
2: But that's... Um,
0: but th- that means there's no evidence to the contrary. So
2: it's something, that I've, it's something that I've come across in my travels a little bit. Not that I've experienced.
0: In
1: your interdimensional travels? When you say travels, do
0: you mean like, take a look, it's in a book? Or like actual, like my feet are moving and I'm going First on vacation? One. Okay. First one, mm-hmm. listening
2: to podcasts about the paranormal and reading about the paranormal... It kind of comes up a little bit in the unidentified, like as the latest wrinkle mm-hmm. in the in the Bigfoot cryptid mythos. That you know, actually, maybe Bigfoot might be one an alien and two uh, uh, from some other kind of like dimensional reality, trying to reach out to us and communicate.
0: I personally love the human itch to be like all these things, but also. Probably aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Beautiful. It's, it is a beautiful like circle back. It's like it is. Yeah.
2: You know, and so I mean, <laughs> it might be my favorite ex- explanation <laughs> for Bigfoot, mostly because is
1: this it, your high stakes conspiracy theory? No, no. Mi- mid stakes. This is I like mean, a great Bigfoot's an grade alien. Three stakes.
2: No, maybe. No, this is more like. Mm, this is more like I I just find it fun and funny kind of to think about. Mm-hmm. And um, I would definitely read a book about it, uh, even if it was like a fictional book where there was an interdimensional Bigfoot. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've maybe read some horror might be. fiction that's kind of gone in that direction. Anyway.
0: If Gay Lady Bigfoot exists alien bigfoot probably
2: interdimensional bigfoot yeah Yeah. from the from the fifth dimension
1: sure what's stopping her
2: yeah i mean i think i guess may already (laughs) be here we just can't perceive it yeah Yeah. ooh.
1: for me that kind of like the the let's turn it into aliens thing or let's turn it into interdimensional or time travel or whatever right why would they come here (laughs) Mm. that's always my question Mm -hmm. is like do aliens exist yeah we just can't see them or like, we're going to be able to communicate with them. We need to let them know, like, everything like that. I mean, if she's on the West but Coast, it,
0: it is very pretty.
1: I mean, it is. Yeah, it's nice. Good weather. Year <laughs> nice vacation spot. For sure. Yeah. But, like, why would they come here? We're a mess.
2: Or why would they pick the people that they pick? Right. right? That's the mm. other thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they never show up at, like, a coffee shop. Mm-mm. where there are multiple people who can be like oh yeah we saw Mm-mm. bigfoot no um
2: just, just so some it's, it's some w- jamoke in the woods <laughs>
1: yeah wearing a lot of plaid maybe yeah probably
2: i mean that would be me so yes, you know in <laughs> some ways
1: yeah some schmuck maybe in the i'm woods i'm, I'm the setting myself camera. up for something you are actually she Dang patricia's it. listening to this podcast right now
0: and she is you're not her target demographic she's not yeah she's not into you dude yeah Okay. Rhea and I, though, we're staying
1: on the East Coast for now. Yeah, stay off those islands. Yes. Yeah, we're just stay gonna be islands. careful.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Oh wow. <laughs> what time is it?
0: The Reader's Advisory with Rhea Joseph and Jess. Bump bump. Joseph, what are you what are you reading, watching, enjoying?
2: Oh, thank you uh-huh. for that wonderful song <laughs> intro. Um so uh Oh uh, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my read alike uh for For our Bigfoot encrypted related conversation, is a uh, is another nonfiction book. If you're having Mm -hmm. your own nonfiction November,
0: I do
1: love nonfiction November. I'm not, but Rhea is. So there's that.
2: Um, And it's uh, the book American Cosmic: UFOs, Religion, Technology by D. W. Pasolka. Diana Pasolka is the author. Uh, This book. Um, came out in 2019, and it is, um, it is a very interesting study along the lines of uh, some of the uh, bigger um, questions that are uh, orbiting around Colin Dickey's book, um, such as, you know, what is it about these uh, mysterious stories concerning the unexplained, in this case, uh, UFO and UAP phenomena? Um and and why are people drawn to these stories in a particular way? Um, Diana Pasolka's argument is kind of similar to Dickie's, uh, although it's coming from uh, a, her particular academic background, uh, which is religious studies. And so she is aiming to uh, provide, and I think does a, an excellent job of providing a really, Detailed and thoughtful and careful account of how we might think about cultural interest in uh, UFOs as an expression of something like a religious community, mm-hmm. or in some ways as an example of a kind of new religion that is coming into being. In particular, as we are all alive now, mm-hmm. um, and and so. I, it, you know, some of it is drawn from you know uh, detailed interviews. Some of it is drawn from site-specific visits. She's working with a number of other uh, academics and experts, sort of in and around this field. Um, and and I really enjoyed it a lot. And it was uh, it was honestly one of the reasons why. Uh, even after I, I wasn't loving Patricia wants to cuddle. Why I was so ready to go <laughs> ahead and read yet another nonfiction book um, set in this very uh, speculative and mysterious space, um, and read the the Colin Dickey book as well because that had been on my radar and that was kind of where my thinking had sort of had sort of been lately. Um, so uh, so yeah, that is my that's my recommendation. Rhea, yeah. what do you have?
0: Um, wow, well, wait, no.
1: <coughs> I need to note that when Joseph said that, he did finger guns <laughs> at Rhea. <laughs> and that was something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Finger guns
0: accepted. Um, so pew pew. If for reader's advisory for Patricia Wants to Cuddle, I would recommend... Um, two books that um one of the things i really enjoyed about patricia wants to cuddle is the behind the scenes nature of seeing how a show is made so i have two books that take place also on a set of different shows so i have romantic comedy Mm -hmm. by curtis Mm settenfeld um so that takes place behind the scenes of an snl sketch comedy type show um the main character is a writer and then her eventual love interest is a guest host of that show Um, And I really enjoyed it. I thought the writing was lovely and I really liked the characters. I also enjoyed that it was a romance that it was two older protagonists, which is um, not always the case with um, romantic comedy books and things like that. But I enjoyed that. Also um, Love and Other Disasters by Anita Kelly. Um, That one takes place on kind of a cooking show, MasterChef-esque, show behind the scenes things and that is a queer romance between a bisexual woman and a non-binary in love interest and I really enjoyed it so those are just two and they just happen to be romances I'm not really sure how that happened but they're two romances mm-hmm. even though Patricia wants to cuddle may try to be a romance but I don't know if it actually succeeds
1: Patricia but wants romance she does mm-hmm.
0: and in theory the catch also wants to facilitate romance but um, Theoretically. to be determined <coughs> so yeah Jess what would you recommend? From um, the right corner. So, as someone who
1: has watched The Bachelor a number of times, I I stopped watching it a little while back, but um, there was a point in time where it was definitely like appointment viewing for me. Bachelor Nation, um, the nonfiction kind of behind the scenes tell all from Amy Kaufman, who writes for the L. A. Times, um, is a really excellent. Book that takes a deep glimpse into the behind-the-scenes efforts to create The Bachelor. Like, we all know The Bachelor Mansion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, ABC doesn't own that house. They rent it three months out of the year for filming.
0: The same house?
1: The same house. They go in, they wipe everything out of that house. They take out all the furniture. They paint the walls a different color. They They completely <laughs> redo it put all of their own furniture in and then when the show is over they clear it out and put it back to normal that's what they do they actually rent the house there's that's a wild. lot of yeah it's bonkers that's there's <laughs> a lot of information around how they film how interviews are conducted which is something you definitely see in patricia wants to cuddle especially with renee and her discomfort around being interviewed mm-hmm. about a per- around jeremy mm-hmm. and his existence um all sorts of information about like the binders that they have for each contestant that have microscopic details about Mm -hmm. each person. Um, it's a really very interesting look at the inside world of the bachelor. My one caveat with that is that it was written in 2018, which was before, um, there were some things that happened with, the former host of the show, Chris Harrison, there was a lot of kind of racial reckoning and there continues to be with the bachelor and it's associated franchises because it is such a heavily white and heavily straight, uh, franchise. And we don't really see a lot of true racial diversity. Mm -hmm. It's more tokenism and, um, definitely not as much sexual diversity as we could see, um, so it's a very interesting book. I I would love to see it rewritten for today, mm-hmm. um, update. but yeah, an update on it to see what thing what's happening with Bachelor Nation now. Um, but it's still a very interesting. Look behind the scenes. The other book I want to recommend I can I honestly could recommend a lot because I have read quite a few reality TV send ups, um, but the one that I read most recently that I really enjoyed was called The One by Julia Argy. And it's kind of like if you took Patricia Wants to Cuddle and remove the horror aspects of it. And one of the contestants who is the front runner, she gets the first impression rose, all of this kind of stuff, finds herself falling for one of the other contestants. Uh-oh. And how are they going to navigate their relationship as it develops? And then the producer that finds out is torn between managing that and making sure that the First Impression Rose winner is the one who gets the best edit because she gets additional money if her girl essentially wins. So she's torn between these two different directions. It's a really good book. It's also a lot of behind-the-scenes kind of situation. It felt very like obvious to what The Bachelor is doing. Um, but none of this touches on the horror, which I think is the really iconic and special thing about Patricia Wants to Cuddle Um, so I have one more Ah. which is actually one more more, which is less horror more survival but still kind of ties in that dread Um, and it's called Small Game by Blair Braverman and it's about a group of people who are taken to be on a reality show very similar to Survivor they are blindfolded they're dropped into a place they have no idea where they are they aren't left any clothing they get to pick one thing out of a pile of stuff and so it's this group of five people and their only goal for the entire thing is just to survive for six months or six weeks
0: six weeks it was six weeks
1: (laughs) sorry it was six weeks not six months Um, but they have to survive for those six weeks together once that's done they all get sorry (laughs) once they're done they all get a guaranteed prize but they have to make it to the end together and about three weeks into it the crew disappears the filming crew and they have to figure out how to survive on their own and they find the filming crews uh set up their camp and it's been completely decimated and they don't have cell phones they don't have a way to contact anybody. They don't know where they are. They don't even have a compass. They're really operating completely blind by the seat of their pants. And so they have to take what they can find from the camp and try to figure out how they can survive. And it's a really interesting look at the dynamics of strangers thrown together, how they're going to do this, and the, the constant threat mm-hmm. of not surviving. Because they don't have food. They, the only thing they have is a pot to boil water with. Um, and they have to find a way to, to make fire in order to boil water. So, Well, Jess, you're really it good at your job spark. because I'm like, no, <laughs> I need to read the book. <laughs> I'll send you a link. <laughs> but yeah, those are my three. So I definitely recommend them. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Book Lovers podcast. All our titles are available in the Spartanburg County Public Library's collections via Spartanburglibraries.org. For more information about the titles discussed on this episode, or to learn more about us, check out our website, bookloverspodcast.squarespace.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to Book Lovers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.